Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. So these last few weeks, we've been diving into the mechanics behind games, but we're going to be taking a little bit of break from that one for this week. We are going to be kind of having our little grab bag episode here with the updates of what games we have been playing because that list has actually grown quite a bit since the last time that we talked to you all. Uh, there's been a lot of titles coming out. There's a lot of crazy things that are you know, there. It's, it's a lot of fun stuff to play. So we've been diving kind of into new titles, into our backlogs, uh, just kind of reaching out and collecting everything that we possibly can and playing as much as we can to deliver to you guys. You know, it's fun. Uh, and just to, for us to have fun with it, honestly, is the main purpose of us playing video games. But yeah, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, there's there's been a lot of really cool ones out there. But yeah, I think uh, maybe we just jump right into this. You know, um, I, I can start us off with this little quick one that I found recently. Uh, it's, a, it's a small game. It's an iOS game, but it's on Steam as well. Uh, but it is called Conjury. I don't know if you've heard of Conjury, um, but it is no. a yeah, it's a it's a cool little roguelike game. Um, it's it's pretty fun to play. It's going through all these crazy dungeons. It's just monsters being thrown at you uh, constantly. What I do like about this the the way the combat system works is just because there's only like two enemies on the screen doesn't mean that there's only two enemies that you have to deal with more might pop up and then you kind of have to go from there uh it's a kind of card it's a card based style game as well um as far as the roguelites go but you can attach equipment you can get new abilities new things like that balance out your cards um it's just i i like the art style it's a very simple you know pixel art but it's just a, a fun little thing to dive into especially on ios it's like built for that they do have versions on uh, Steam that you can play as well, but you can tell this was made for a phone in mind uh, with the way that the layout is and everything like that. But yeah, I'm having a really good time with it. The boss fights are challenging. There's a lot of balancing that you have to actually do and pay attention to. There's characters to unlock, new equipment to get. Um, one of the nice things too is while you're in battle, if you destroy a monster, every monster drops something. So whether it's like food or... Uh, for like buffs and debuffs, if it's uh, weapons, equipment, things like that, like everyone does drop something and you don't have to wait to the end of the battle to actually get that equipment. So as soon as you like beat an enemy that's on your screen, you can tap on the loot icon and actually pick it up mid battle. So you can get a brand new card mid battle. You can get like uh, a nice little health bo boost mid battle, things like that, which is pretty cool. So I, I'm digging this one right now. It's just a nice little, you know, five minute time killer. If you have some time there, if you like some roguelites and you just want something simple to kind of go through, it can get pretty complex, just like any other card deck builder where you're, you know, trying to synergize the best that you possibly can, uh, test out new builds and all that. But yeah, I'm digging it so far. It's a, it's a fun one for sure. Hmm. I never heard of it. Yeah, it came out uh, just December last year, so it's fairly new. Um, it's five bucks, so not too bad. But there's a bunch, like, 
according to the devs, you know, there's six playable characters, 50 different weapon types, over 250 cards to actually, you know, find and play with and all that. So it's it's pretty cool. I, I like the system that they've created here. And it's very fast paced, which is nice. But it's pretty challenging. It's a hard one because... You definitely don't have everything you need to survive a full run <laughs> off the get-go. Uh, you can negate some damage, but a lot of it is kind of trial and error and testing things out to learn the new mechanics that are built into here. But huh. so far, so good. I'm liking it. should definitely check that one out. So what about you? What do you got for us? What have you been playing? Well... I left off the last update with finishing Phantom Liberty and kind of something I've been doing in the meantime uh, is usually I'll play one main game and then I'll play like a handheld game as well at the same time. Mm. Um, kind of as a way to burn through games that I've had on my list for a while. Uh, cause mostly because when I'm watching the kid, you know, it, it's easier to be on like a DS or a Switch. and uh, recently, I finished Fire Emblem Awakening, which is the first Fire Emblem I have ever finished, and it was cool. Oh, nice. uh, I can see why a lot of people say this is like one of, I don't know if they say this is the best Fire Emblem game, but a lot of people hold this one pretty high up there, and you know, That's I get it. with Krom and Lucio, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. For I, the uh, Smash Brothers people out there, this is the one that they came from. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, all of Smash is yeah. Fire Emblem at this point, but <laughs> I uh, I liked it. Uh, it the def difficulty definitely ramped up, like kind of obnoxiously towards the end. Even though, That's like, kind of typical of all Fire Emblems, the the last couple missions are ridiculously difficult. Yeah, like I thought I was doing really good with like class mastery and all that kind of stuff, and it's like, nope. You know, like it's you just get steamrolled halfway through. But, you know, that's the thing I kind of like about these games is, like, it is such a challenge. Like, sometimes I play these kind of, like, strategy RPGs, and it's, like, I don't want to say easy, but you never feel, like... You don't feel the like, strategy. <laughs> yeah, you don't feel strategy, you don't feel challenged. And this one, especially towards the end, because in the beginning it was pretty easy, right? You have your... You always have that one unit that's like severely overpowered and it just can take on the whole enemy team. But like halfway through, I was like, oh, I actually have to like strategize and get this to go. And it was I really enjoyed it a lot. I definitely want to try out other Fire Emblem games. Uh, I have three houses. Which mm -hmm. I know seems more like a social kind of game, yeah. which I don't know how I feel about that, but I definitely want to check it out. And I also have the, I think it's Shadow of the Dragon Blade, which is that old one. But mm. yeah, so I was focusing on that. And at the same time, did you I, play with uh, for the big heavy fanboys out there? Did you play with Permadeath on? This time around, I did not. No, okay, I, okay. I was going to, but I was like, I kind of want to just at least finish like if I do three houses, I'll do permadeath because I just kind of wanted to get an idea of like what the game was like, you know? Right. But uh, I usually like playing with like permadeath in these kind of games because it does make it more satisfying. But uh, yeah, every move counts. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, so at the same time, I was playing a VR game, uh, Moss 2. And, Mm. you know, I when it comes to VR games, I don't have a whole lot of experience with it, mostly because, well, that time I was borrowing a PSVR 2, but I have an old PSVR 1 that I found. And I feel like I never utilize it just because it's a lot to set up. Right, you have a big old hunking cord on you, and it's just like, oh, I need to charge these stupid little controllers and this. But like, sometimes VR experiences are really nice. And for me, I don't mind first-person kind of games, but I really like the games where you're like away from the main character, almost like uh, looking down, and. Mm-hmm. I know like the Astrobot games like that and there's there's some games like this but I feel like Moss does it really well and I truly loved my experience with it cuz it's like you know you're you're pulled back and you're just you know controlling Quill the little mouse uh running around the stage and the stage is so beautiful because you know you can lean forward and look behind the branches and see that oh there's a hidden path there and all these little like special puzzle places you can go like it's it was a really like i don't say magical experience but playing the the first game and this game it was a treat you know if there were more vr games like that i think i would be a lot more interested in that medium but to me vr is just very i don't want to say bare bones but it's just never anything mind-blowing to me like i know i want to play half-life alex one day because i heard that's like kind of the the big showpiece for vr but i don't know like these kind of games make it feel special and i i really enjoyed the game you know it's cute you know it's nothing like is it worth buying a vr just to play this game no but i liked my time with it you know i feel like the more positive experiences i have in vr the more i open up to it but right yeah it was kind of like the spur of the moment like oh i should play this because it's short and i was trying to finish that before the next big game which i'll talk about you know after in a little bit and yeah, I was just trying to power through a bunch of games and eh, still have a bunch of games that I kind of stopped in between for this next one. But yeah, it's this month has been busy for me, even not gaming related, but, you know, and it's only going to get busier. You know, I'm looking at all these games coming out soon and it's like, ugh. yeah, it's definitely going to be a time suck pretty soon here, <laughs> especially yeah. as we get closer to the end of the uh, this month. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But um speaking of uh the perspective that you're talking about in Moss and VR games, there's one VR game I haven't tried VR uh gaming too much. I, I mm-hmm. get sick easily from it. But have you checked out Damio yet? You know, I've heard the name brought up and it it looks interesting, but I never actually watched anyone play it to see mm-hmm. if it's something I'd like. There seems to be a couple different ways to play it. Um, like you could play it VR. You can, I guess you can play it outside of VR as well. Hmm. But it's very much like a top town. It's a D&D simulator, right? And you can have it where like you treat it like a um, real time strategy where 
you, you play multiplayer, everybody controls a different character and they do their own things and you just chat that way. Or you can play it like you're sitting at a table and like physically moving your pieces, which is pretty cool. So it the it, it looks awesome. Like as far as like VR games, that's always the one that comes to mind for me that is like, oh, this actually looks like a really great use of VR. Like this looks really cool. But like I said, it's I mean, it, it's cumbersome. You got to set everything up. And then also like there's not a lot of games. So actually going out and buying one seems kind of crazy or you can just drop thirty five hundred dollars right now and get the new Apple stuff. <laughs> <laughs> true if you really want that but yeah no it's it, it's still way too expensive and there's not uh, like amazing titles out there for it but you can tell that they're actually there are some devs that are really putting some work behind the vr stuff to make it more tangible for everybody so hopefully uh they they find ways to completely eliminate motion sickness so i can comfortably play some vr stuff but we'll see and make it affordable damn it <laughs> that too i think that's the biggest thing you know i think they made it more affordable so more people could like troubleshoot and try it i feel like maybe they could make the uneasiness with the tummy and the head a little bit easier because then you have more experiences with it right more people trying it out and not just the ones who are big advocates of vr already right <laughs> exactly so no, totally makes sense that would be nice but you know, alas we'll see Oh, uh, so another title that I actually picked up and tried out um, was The Cub. And this game was Ooh. awesome. This was a really fun little game. It's super short, uh, but it's just visually very, very nice to look at. It's uh, It kind of reminds me of um, Limbo or Inside, right? Like the Player Unknown's games where it's very much just a side-scrolling pla or a platformer. But the story behind it was actually kind of interesting. It was almost like a sci-fi version of the Jungle Book. So you are playing as the cub. You are one of, or if not the only human that is still living on Earth and can actually breathe in Earth's atmosphere. So there's obviously what we're kind of like going to now is the point of too much pollution. So everyone's leaving to Mars. Uh, and there's some uh, story in the beginning uh, coming from the the cub or the little boy's perspective, I guess it could be a little boy or girl. It's kind of um, androgynous in that way, uh, but it's it's kind of cute because like it's done with like cave drawings, but the cave drawings look like kid drawings, so it's kind of adorable. But it's it calls humans Martians, right? Because they came from Mars, and the only reason why they come back is to play golf on the Earth. Uh, but you were actually like raised by wolves there. Uh, these Martians, quote unquote, or humans see you and then they try and chase you down. They think that if they can bring back a actual human that is breathing air from Earth back to their bosses, then they can get a promotion. So it's kind of like a weird story in that sense. So you're running away from these three um, astronauts that are trying to chase you down uh, the entire time. But it gets really I think the, what was the most captivating part about it, because the movement was a little stiff sometimes, not going to lie, especially after coming from Prince of Persia, which the movement was so fluid in that. to then playing the cub where it's like, oh, well, there's a delay to my jump. <laughs> like, I actually have to pay attention to this. Uh, you know, it was a little rough, but, you know, it being such a short game, you kind of have to forgive it. Um, but the biggest thing I would say is the the radio system that's there. So mm -hmm. in the very beginning of the game, 
you find a skeleton that is in a spacesuit and you take the helmet off and it's just like a big glass dome and you put it on your head. And it's obviously like way too big, doesn't fit. But when you put it on your head, you pick up radio and it's just like a car radio, but it's the futuristic radio <laughs> of the time. And as you're walking around, it plays like really interesting, really well made music, which is really cool. Um, and then it'll have like news stories and stuff like that. But what I liked about it was, you know, if you ever got into an area where maybe you fell down a well or you went into a cave, the radio signal would start getting weaker and weaker or it would go to static. And it was just really well done the way um, the way that works. And it was it was really interesting. And of course, there's a lot of like comical bits in this game as well. Uh, a lot of um, anti-capitalism talk and things like that, um, like. Jeff Bezos is in the game, you know, they bring him up as like this horrible person or whatever, right? Like, uh, <laughs> like even the whole idea of like Tesla is there. I think it might have a different name, but yeah, it's like there's nods to all of these things that are going on just to kind of show that this future might not be as far as way as we think, but you can tell it was made by like millennial-ish <laughs> era, right? Like the a lot of that humor is there, so... But it was a uh, the is really really well made, and I think that the the audio surprisingly is the shining light of this title, which I don't really say often or think of often for most games. Most games you might think that it has just a really strong soundtrack or something like that, but this one the audio really helps sell the overall game itself, which is interesting because uh, there's plenty of games I love out there that. Yeah, the soundtrack's great, but if I happen to play it without any sound, I'm still enjoying my time with it, right? Like, but this mm. one, if I if you don't play the game like with headphones on or the audio turned all the way up, you're actually missing out. It, it's weird. I haven't really kind of uh, encountered that too often. I would say for for most games. So yeah, this is really just a different different kind of departure and something light um, to kind of try out, especially after the Prince of Persia stuff. So. Yeah, this was uh one I it, I remember when you when you first brought it up, I was like, oh, I just downloaded that game. Like I I was gonna start it up, and you were talking about. It, I'm like, oh, maybe I should play it because I looked at like what a lot of people were saying about it. And I mean, not a lot of people have played it, but some people have like really really liked it. And I was like, oh, I do like the the art style of it, and I like that they said that like when you go on the page, the inspiration is like the older like. Disney platformers, you know, like Lion King and Jungle Book, which I mean, those games I loved as a kid. So, yeah, it feels very much like that, especially with like the animations and the jumps and like that movement. If you remember how like kind of stiff that movement was, it feels very much like that. Okay. So Ooh, it's almost wow. like they were, I wonder if they were trying to emulate that on purpose, which I guess would make sense. since It's kind of based off of Jungle Book anyway. Right. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks yeah. like it, right? Like a futuristic jungle book. Yeah. I mean, you're raised by wolves, right? <laughs> and you're a human, but you don't talk to the wolves. I don't know. The whole opening sequence before, like, the title screen is you, like, running through, like, this decrepit area of the earth, and you're chasing a bug to eat, right? So it's, like, very much Lion King, raised by wolves, young, right? Like, it, it's very interesting. It's, like, a nice little mix between all that stuff. Just the bare necessities, huh? Yeah, that's right. Hakuna Matata, you know? 
<laughs> I start saying that more so I don't stress it throughout my day-to-day life. <laughs> there you go. Bringing it back. Bringing it to the 2024s. Someone's gotta. <laughs> it's just right? gonna be the new word. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of fire and gas. Oh, God. And, it's gonna be... and gat and riz. I can't. I can't. Oh, my God. I saw, so I saw this video. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm going off tangent here real quick. But um, they made a Gen Z Bible. I don't know if you've seen this or heard of this or whatever. Um, mm. not, not religious at all, but this video popped up for me and it kind of threw me off. But because I remember a long time ago when I was in Hawaii, there's a dialect in Hawaiian that's called pidgin. And it's basically just like really broken English. It's, <laughs> it's it. And so there was a Bible that was translated into pidgin and it was great. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but it was it was amazing. And it's the whole freaking Bible, right? It's done that way. Uh, but huh. apparently there's a Gen Z Bible as well. Uh, and it is uh, rough. <laughs> it is so bad where it just like I can't I can't take it seriously. It's it. But the stories themselves are legit. Like it, it's actually a thing. So it's kind of crazy. Hell? Yeah. But you can get the New Testament gen, for Gen Z right now on Amazon for $14. Uh, it's got 19 ratings and it's a 3.9. So, yeah, you know, it's good. <laughs> I, oh my god I, I thought you were really joking about this no I'm, I'm being very serious right <laughs> it's uh, made by Broseph Smith so yeah you can actually buy this right oh now oh my god Yeah. oh god it has the original text and the updated version <laughs> yep yeah so like yeah actually so a quick example of that right so the original text would be um, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for the for to shoo him to the buildings of the temple. Right. Uh, the updated version is so Jesus bounced from the temple, and his crew rolled up to him, flexing the sick architecture of the place. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love this. The original is. That thine alms may be secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. Instead, it's keep your acts of kindness hush-hush, and your heavenly father, who sees everything, will give you props for real, like in public and stuff. Oh, my God. I love this. It makes me want to read the Bible. But then this Parsi homie sees that Jesus didn't wash his hands before (laughs) dinner, and ah. he's all shook, like, what's up with that? <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Why didn't we ever do something like this for millennials? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is a real thing. And I'm actually very tempted to buy it and maybe read a couple verses on our other show, <laughs> The Murder of Great Podcast, because this is there's a dilemma here that is very concerning. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty funny. It's actually number one bestseller in uh, teens and young adults for Christian Bible stories. So and it was all written with chat GPT too. Jesus. It it feels that way, right? Like there's no way that this isn't. Uh, it makes sense with all those TikToks where they're like, how to how I made $10,000 in one month with chat GPT. It's like, <laughs> yeah, oh it's yeah, a, they made a Gen Z Bible they, with it. They wrote a Gen it. Z Bible, yep. Hey, man, you can even get a Gen Z dictionary uh, if you feel like you're getting a little too old for their stuff. 
Oh yeah. my god, everyone's doing this with the books. Jesus, we should hop on this. Right? It's the pretty funny. The Grapes for Gen Z. Oh my god, I want to read these because they're just so much. There's Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Romeo. Hey, Romeo, Romeo, where are you at? <laughs> I know, I'm like, do they have translation? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is just too much. But anyway, so <laughs> let's move on. Let's keep going with this. Terrible. <laughs> just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was great. I, uh, so I've been kind of jumping between two games right now. And like I said, I do the handheld and I also do a main one. And Weirdly enough, both are RPGs. Um, I know I'm crazy for juggling two at the same time, especially big ones too. Uh, That's a lot of so, mechanics to learn. <laughs> I don't know how thankfully, thankfully, they're both pretty easy. Uh, for the the 3DS, I am playing through Dragon Quest Eight. I played this back in the day on the PlayStation Two, and it's weird because there's bits of it I remember. That I've been going through. But there's a place I remember in that game that I haven't gotten to yet. But I feel like with what I've been doing in the last 10 hours in this game, I don't remember doing that in the PlayStation 2 version. So I'm like, mm. what's going on? Like, I know I'm not thinking about Dragon Quest Nine. It's... It's weird. It's like, I know I got pretty far in this game back in the day, but I also feel like maybe I actually didn't. You know, but... I felt that same way whenever I replayed that one because I played it on the PlayStation 2 and I felt like I played a lot of it. And mm -hmm. then I actually was one of those crazy people that picked it up on mobile and I actually beat mm -hmm. it on mobile, which is kind of nuts. But it's um, it in on the mobile version. It's only in portrait mode. You can't go landscape with it. So oh, it was God. it was very weird to play for a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, like the entire time I was playing it, it felt like a brand new game. Like I don't remember. I remembered the be very beginning and then that was it. After that like first village, I there was nothing. I couldn't remember any part of it. And so yeah, it's it's a very weird experience and I'm wondering if like other people might have that too. I'm curious now. But yeah, you should try it out on mobile. It's great. It's in portrait. It's, it's confusing. God, I can't believe anything <laughs> is played in portrait. Um, Especially a big RPG like that. Yeah. <laughs> but that aside, I I'm loving it. I mean, back in the day when I played it, I really liked it. Um, I think still my favorite Dragon Warrior quest game is still seven. But. This one is definitely climbing up there. And it's weird because in a lot of ways, I feel like the story is very basic, like a lot of games in the franchise. But something in the last few months, I've been trying to slow down my playthrough of RPGs. And I've been going through and I've been talking to a bunch of NPCs and trying to just kind of feel like I'm actually there in the game which mm. i feel like for a few years i wasn't doing that right i was just kind of jumping to like main story beats or shops and just not talking to anybody and i'm really falling in love with it you know it's a very 
it's like comfort food almost. And it's nice. Like I'm almost worried when I beat it. I'm like, Oh, what's my next handheld going to be? Well, thankfully my 3ds, like I have it hacked and I have a bunch of cool games on it. So deciding between after that, what am I going to do? But I think I still got a bunch more to go. Like I, I think I'm at like 30 ish hours, almost. I think I'm at like 32 in that. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I like just got the ship and I've been just more so exploring the world, going to different places, getting the photos and stuff. So I'm probably barely even halfway through the game, but loving that a lot. It's uh, the perfect game to play when I can't focus on another game. But, you know, and the other RPG I've been playing is uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Uh, for those out there that don't know, it's the sequel to 7, which started the turn-based side of the Yakuza games. And I... The franchise itself is like comfort food also to me, just because there's been so many of them, and I've played all of them. And this one, it's... In a lot of ways, it's really amazing. It's definitely, I I knew I was going to like it, but I didn't know I was going to like it this much. And it was kind of slow in the beginning because so many things unlock to you very slowly. And it it is kind of nice because they piecemeal stuff to you. Um, And like, there's so many different things you can do in this that the last game didn't have. Right. Like in the last one, there was like a they call it Sujimon. And basically, like the the people on the streets that you fight are treated like Pokemon. Right. So you had your like Poke Pokedex in the last game. But now you can actually capture them and do like Pokemon battles with them. And there's like a whole elite like five or seven that you can fight and try to be like the best Sujimon trainer. And so there's that system in place and then you have another system that's basically animal crossing right you get your own island you're trying to restore it to a five-star resort then you can like basically fully customize it in a lot of ways like you can build a lot on it and i loved it like i think i dropped maybe almost 20 hours just doing that island and maxing it out that's crazy (laughs) i uh maybe not 20 i think maybe easily like at least 10 hours into that and yeah, you're, uh, you're really big into the city building aspect in game so like that just, yeah the fact that they added that it's almost like this game is made for you <laughs> it in a lot of ways it is you know if if there's a person that wants to play a game and just play that for tens of hours this game has it because this game has a little bit of everything and but those little things are at least done in enough depth that make it stand out and you know of course just like all the other games in the franchise there's tons of mini games there's like a almost crazy taxi kind of game in there uh there's a pokemon snap kind of game in there too where you're on a bus and you're snapping these like they call them sickos (laughs) and it's like these dudes like just in their underwear and they're like dancing (laughs) all throughout the street um and it's awesome but 
you know, aside from all the mini games and fun little stuff to do, the story's really good. You know, it starts off kind of slow, but when it picks up, I'm like, wow, like they're really going there because this game is supposed to be kind of a send off for one of the main characters. So it is going pretty heavy into that. And it's cool because they they do these like like all of his side quests are basically reminiscing over the past like seven games. And it just feels nice. You know, after spending so much time with these games, it, it feels good coming back to this and being like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember what was going on in my real life when I was playing this. And it's it's cool. You know, I never I haven't really felt that way about a game just because, you know, not many games have connected sequels like that. And now for people who haven't played any of the like a dragon games before, is that mm-hmm. do you think this is a good starting point for people or should they be playing something else first? So, and for people who don't know out there, the Yakuza games are the like a dragon games. They were called like a dragon. Um, you know, that that's the actual title of it. The for some reason the American versions just got called Yakuza. So yeah. Yeah. It's I could say that maybe you could jump into the the last title uh mm-hmm. before this one. Because it at least like starts like Ichiban's storyline. Like, yeah, you will be confused about Kiryu and some of the other characters in it when they pop up. But for the most part, like, you can start that one, which, I mean, works because that was where the turn-based stuff came in anyway. Right. Um, But to really understand the story, like, you don't have to play all of them, right? Like, I would say Zero is probably most important because it builds the world. And then... You could probably skip one just because like one had some kind of buildup. I think one, you get introduced some of the important characters. And then after that, I think you could personally skip. You might be able to skip the six, um, Mm. honestly, because like two, three, four and five, like they all had like little bits of story that do kind of add up. But six, and then the the spinoff that came out last year, the man who erased his name, really ties um, six and the last like a dragon game together to understand like okay, this is how everything like connects. So in a lot of ways, like they've kind of made it easier for you to skip a lot of those games to understand the story, which is you know. It it's perfect because those are a lot of games, but there's a lot of added fluff and story to it that if you're not super invested in the world and the lore, you know, it can just go over your head. But mm. with this game, I mean, definitely the last one is important to play before it so you understand what's going on. But it, I think it took everything really good about the last game and just made it better in this one. Like the, the classes are even more fun in this, you know, like I think the thing I love about this game is that it reminds me of earthbound a lot because it isn't a modern setting and you know, the items, the classes are all based off of modern things, you know, like 
you can be a hostess or an, a singing idol as your class, or you can even be like a housemaid. You know, you can be a dominatrix. Like there's so many different classes you can be, and they're all kind of unique in a lot of ways. Like there's a lot to this game and I, I'm really loving it. Like I'm definitely at about 50 ish hours into it and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm wrapping up. I'm in the 70% probably complete. So it's getting there. You know, I'm trying to beat this before final fantasy seven rebirth comes out and which I played the demo of. And, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, it, it, it was so hard to peel myself away to play that demo, but damn, it's good. I I like it a lot. Um, yeah, I'm very excited for that one. Oh, gosh, can't wait. I can't wait for that. And actually, in preparation for that, I really wanted to play a Final Fantasy game. And I was like debating on which ones I should play. So I actually found one that I had not played and tried it out. And that was World of Final Fantasy. Um, I tried that and I actually beat it. Uh, but like really beat it for those of you who know. So this game is deceptive. It is so deceptive. Uh, and it I think it would it confuses people. And maybe that's why it doesn't get that much. It doesn't get talked about that much or the reviews might not be as great because there's a lot of things in this as far as like the mechanics go that are a little confusing at first. Um, and then in general, with just the way that the game ends the first time you play it or the first time you go through the ending, it, it literally feels like that's just the end of the game. That's it. But it actually isn't. So there's an end game. There's a postscript and there is a post game. Um, and so there's three mm. different things to go through to actually finish this game. And after the post game stuff, there's like a, another fight there that you can do that just kind of adds a little bit more uh, flavor to it. Uh, it doesn't really like add too much to the story itself, but it gives you something else to do, which is nice because it makes it feel like you can keep doing, keep playing this game infinitely, right? Uh, and what, so for those of you who don't know what World of Final Fantasy is, it's kind of like the Pokemon version of Final Fantasy. You're out there and you're actually catching these monsters, these classic monsters from Final Fantasy games. Uh, they're called Mirages in this one. Um, and you get to recruit them into your party. Uh, you can have a party of up to six different characters there. But really, for the, like, I would say 99% of the time, you're going to have two different characters that you can control out of the six. And the way that that works is that they have these things called stacks. So you actually stack your characters up on on each other and all of the abilities, the resistances, all that stuff gets shared, right? So for instance, if you have a character that let's say they have 75% um, resistance to ice, right? And then you put another character on that in your stack that might have 50%. So now you have 125% resistance to ice which actually means that you now absorb 25% of the ice damage that is dealt to you, right? So it is, it gets really interesting like that. So you're looking at stats of each character that you have in your stack. Um, you're trying to decide what you want to level up and all that, which makes it really interesting. And it was a lot of fun to kind of play through and figure it out. But uh, like what I would recommend, and I think what might get confusing for this game is staring at all those stats and trying to find the best party possible um, go with what you think looks the coolest 
and just roll with that for a while, right? And keep doing that until the mechanics actually make sense to you. And you start seeing the little nuances that pop up. Uh, or like with, for certain mirages, what I like and what I mentioned in our um, catching mechanics episode was actually there are different ways to catch the mirages themselves. So it's not just like Pokemon where you weaken them and then you try and catch them. Some of them, you actually have to heal them. Some you have to hit with their element damage. Uh, some they have to be the last enemy standing uh, or like you have to give them some sort of status ailment like berserk or confusion or darkness. Like So in order to catch everything, if that is your goal, you kind of have to fight these monsters a couple times to figure it out or at least once to know what you're looking for change your stack out so that you might have the ability to actually meet their requirements and then go in and do it that way right and try and catch them so you you're wanting to catch as many as possible so you have different abilities to play with and then on top of that you are trying to have like a core party with you because you can't swap them out on the fly like you have your core party and that's what you have so you kind of have to do some strategizing and thinking about what you're going to be taking with you Maybe there's some areas that you might want to revisit so you can get certain specific mirages, but there's some really interesting ones in there. And actually, there is a secret mirage at the end end of the game, um, very, very end, there that is actually a robot from Xenogears, which I think is hilarious. So huh. it's really trippy. It's called XG Xenogears, right? So, mm. uh, and it is uh, probably the strongest summon you can get in the game. Uh, I call it a summon, but they call it an XL Mirage. There's different sizes for them. There's small, medium, large, and XL. So XL, when you call those, um, it's basically like calling a summon in Final Fantasy X, right? So like the whole party leaves the 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 field and the summon comes out and then you fight as the summon themselves. So yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I love the mechanics that are in it. The character design is really cute. It's probably the cutest Final Fantasy I've played. And has one of the most robust, complicated systems that I've played as well. Um, and it can be complicated for those of you that want to dive into that. You don't have to go that granular with it. It's not a super hard game. Uh, but it is just for those of you that like those stats, like those numbers things, it's there for you. Which reminds me of like Final Fantasy V, right? With the job class systems. It can be as complicated as you want it to be. Uh, so it was a really interesting title to go through. It was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, I'm very happy with it. and happy that I actually went through all of the endings and everything like that and actually got to see that stuff and actually appreciate it as it was supposed to be. So it was a cool one. I definitely recommend for sure. It's definitely one I've always, like, I've seen around. I just never really... I found much of it because I'm like, oh, it's just another Pokemon game. But over, you know, in the past like week or so, when you were explaining different things to me about it, I'm like, oh, that sounds so weird and unique with the whole stacking system and everything about it. I'm like, oh, that kind of it sounds interesting, you know, like yeah. it sounds different enough where it's not like just a pure like Pokemon game. You know, yeah, and even the enemies will show up in stacks, right? So, what's kind of interesting about that is one, it makes them a lot harder to fight, right? And then two, let's say one of the creatures that you want to actually capture is in that stack, 
you have to use attacks to unstack them but not kill them right so you have to be like really strategic about it and you might spend turns actually just hitting them with something that might make them fall over and then healing them so that they stay alive so you can kind of keep trying that tactic out especially if you're like revisiting areas to get a, like a weaker level mirage than what you're at right now so it's a it's a very interesting title for sure i'm i'm really i like i said very happy with that one but then real quick the last game i was playing i'm i'm still very fresh into this one it's another older game that i just haven't been able to check out yet and i'm happy to dive into it now is uh tales of vesperia um the tales games are great i mean there's so many in there and vesperia has always been one that stuck out to me uh and it's been quoted as one of the best ones, right? So like, of course, I've always wanted to try it out, but never had a chance to. So I'm still very, very early into it and probably save it for the next update to dive more into this one. Uh, but I'm really liking it so far. I like the battle system. It's a lot of fun. The character design is great. The story itself is actually really interesting. All the extra exposition that's in there. I'm actually like wanting to know more about the world and I'm very curious about it. So say that's a really good sign for this game so i'm really excited to continue playing through that one i really liked that game back in the day i uh i remember playing it i think pretty much when it came out because i at that point i was pretty big into the tales games i you know tales of symphonia tales of the abyss like i loved both of those a lot so, you know, having a 360, there weren't that many RPGs on it. And that was one of the big ones. And I really liked it a lot to the point where I would say it might be my favorite Tales game or if not close to it. Um, nice. I I liked it a lot. You know, the characters are interesting. The world's interesting. Some of those Tales games go off the rails. You know, I look at Tales of Arise, and I was really liking that game a lot until kind of three-fourths of the way in, and it just started, like, it went in a really weird direction, and I just lost complete interest in it. But mm. those older Tales games, I like I say older, yet there's even older than, you know, that generation of them, um, I thought it was really good. You know, I haven't played any of the tales games between that and arise so like zestria and Baziria and stuff like that but i don't know for me it's like a tales game is good and then i'm good for like i don't know a few years because well it's a lot yeah it's a lot and like i like the combat system a lot in those games but i don't know sometimes they can just be like abundant mm-hmm <laughs> To put it nicely, there's a lot to look at. There's a lot to kind of pay attention to. And honestly, like they give you a blocking mechanic, but good luck, you know, like (laughs) the the way that the enemies move and all that stuff. And Vesperia has a very interesting movement where if you just move the joystick, you only move left or right. You have to press a different button to be able to free move like in a, a 360 degree angle. So it gets a little weird and you definitely get surrounded very easily in that title. So kind of spend a lot of time running away to try and single out enemies, which is interesting. But yeah, no, but I'm I'm very excited to play through it. And hopefully that combat doesn't get too frustrating and ultimately, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it as you get further into it. Um, 
real quick uh steam next fest was happening uh, by the time this episode comes up it'll be over but i uh was real quickly able to play a couple demos um for me i think like a lot of other people the one that really stood out to me the most in the sense that it was one i've been wanting to play for a long time was uh pacific drive uh for those who don't know basically it's always it's a trailer where basically you're always driving a car, you're going to the Pacific Northwest, and just weird gravity and weird things happen in this forest. But the demo was cool because you get this jalopy, right? This like really beat down station wagon. Doesn't have a door on it. And you, you're in this place called the Zone, right? So there was this big catastrophic event that happened in Washington, and you're, you're driving further in. And it's cool because your car is pretty customizable, right? So, you know, when you first get to the garage that you find, you're tasked on building doors for your car, a trunk, a crafting kit. And basically, like, your car is like your hub, like your safe spot. And it's kind of cool because you have to actually, like, turn the key of the car. You have to put it into park and the drive. And if you leave it in the drive, when you get out of the car, it, it moves, you know, like it's not fully parked. It, it's cool. Like, I'm like, oh, this is it. In a lot of ways, the thing I loved about Days Gone was how realistic the motorcycle felt. And this game really does that with the car. And I really enjoyed my time with the demo. I think it might be one I'm going to pick up when it comes out. I think it comes out this month, so I might have to play it after Final Fantasy. But... I uh, I liked it a lot. Um, definitely one that's on my sites. And I'm kind of going rapid fire over these because I want to talk about the last demo I played. But um, mouthwashing, I think, was the other one that really stood out to me. It's really weird. Um, basically, you're on this spaceship that is stuck because your captain committed suicide uh, with all of you guys in it. And the problem is you, so it's like a shipment container, right? That you're in or a shipment freighter. And the only thing in this freighter is mouthwash. Uh, hence the name mouthwashing for the game. So obviously there's no food because you can't eat mouthwash. Um, but you can get so it, it, Yeah. <laughs> So it kind of gets in this weird of like cannibalism and, you know, it, the the mind goes places when you're trapped with no food and everything. And it's it's fascinating. It It's such a cool like little game. Like I I didn't know about this game before this and I I'm hooked. I, I need to play this game when it comes out. Um, definitely weird. It has the graphics of you know the hip thing nowadays right playstation 1 playstation 2 era which is something that i noticed is really big this year's next fest at least is that style i know last year was definitely more on the playstation 1 and 64 look but now this year it's more of that playstation 2 look which is cool because i think that that was really the generation that games got fine-tuned Mm. And, you know, two games that I saw that really have that standout 
PS2 look, um, hollow body. I know that's another big one people have been talking about for the demos recently. And it really has that Silent Hill kind of look to it. Uh, Resident Evil look. Basically, you're in a futuristic city and you are going into this decayed, messed up area uh, to rescue somebody. And it's it's definitely interesting. You know, like I'm trying to picture like, oh, this is Silent Hill in Britain, but in the future, too. So that one I have my eyes on. Uh, Heartworm is another one where you're armed with a camera and you're it. It's interesting because you are going to reconcile like your memories of lost friends in the middle of nowhere. And it's just really trippy and interesting. Uh, it also has that old school look to it. And, you know, the last thing I want to talk about, there, there's other next fest games that I, I really enjoy, like Indica and Crow country, but a demo that I really was excited for. And this is a next fest. Um, the final fantasy rebirth demo. I just want to go over quickly with that. I, I really liked it a lot. You know, I, as someone who didn't really like the remake when it came out in a way where I was, I mean, I guess I didn't mind it. I just didn't like the story at the, at the time that it, that they did it because it just felt so different from the original. Right. And I think the combat is what got me on the, that remake. It was really hard to get into that combat at first. And see, that's what I keep hearing. Uh, from people I know, they're like, oh, the combat was the reason why we fell off of it. And I I know at least two people that went back to it and ended up really liking the combat. And playing the demo, you know, it's definitely been like, I don't know, two years since I played the remake. So I was like, oh, this combat's weird to get used to because obviously I've been playing like real turn-based games. But once I got into the swing of it, I was like, oh man, like I love this combat system and the demo is really cool because it takes place during, you know, the, the Nebelheim time, right? Like the big famous, the second famous scene in final fantasy seven. Right. And it was cool. You know, it's, I I'm actually pretty hyped for it. I luckily I have something going on that week, but I was able to get that week off for work uh, for other reasons. I love the fact that you do that. <laughs> you actually request time off for these games. <laughs> Certain big ones, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, I'll also utilize that time to finish some homework like ahead of time and work on some stuff. I have a couple of things in the projects for uh, Glitch Cube that I've been trying to work on, but, you know, life has been busy. Um, it's only going to get busier. And then, you know, school with it and all that. It's just been. It's been a lot. So things have just been getting pushed back. But now that I kind of I've started, you know, listing, making a list of stuff I want to do and get done, um, you know, in our other podcast, we were talking about, you know, like having a journal and we write down our ideas and stuff uh, to prevent procrastination. That's honestly I, I've been doing that this week and it's been really helpful. Um, nice. I'm happy and to trying to get that. things done. So I'm hoping, hoping that maybe soon 
we'll get some stuff out there because I'm, I'm just sitting on some of these videos that I've like put together, but I they just need finishing touches and then uh, they'll go out there. But yeah, it's I'm trying to get all this done before Final Fantasy because I know I'm going to be sucked into that, but uh, I'm excited for this year. I feel like kind of have a vision of where I want a lot of this to go. So it'll be fun. That's awesome. Hell yeah. All right. Well, I, I think we did it. I think we did an episode. We did good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, we're that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening in to our little grab bag kind of mix here. Fun little just what we've been playing updates. Uh, but anyway, we will talk to you guys next week with some more games and all that good stuff. But until then, bye for now.